0: Um, First, let me read from Revelation chapter 12, verse 14. Just a second, David, and I'll cue you. Wait for the cue so it's overly dramatic. Revelation 12 is a chapter about, well, the title, which isn't inspired. You know, the titles over the scripture chapters and stuff is not inspired. It's just a marker so you can kind of figure out what's to follow. Uh, This particular passage is about a woman and a dragon. We believe Revelation is both symbolic and literal, and you have to make sure you take it both and. Scripture interprets scripture, so if there is any confusion, go back to the scripture and it'll help you understand it. With all that in mind, um, we've talked about prophecy a lot here in Pastor's Bible Study. And we've talked about, if you haven't been privy to any of that, we do have a podcast you can go back and listen to, Pastor's Prophecy Hour, that all year last year we talked about a bunch. The reason why I say that is because we talked about something called Agenda 2030, set forth by the UN, and uh, the whole idea of what the world they're hoping to accomplish Uh, in different government structures and programs and things like that. In essence, it's moving it towards what needs to be in place or what will be in place during the time of great tribulation uh, and the quote-unquote end of the world as we know it. Now, all that in mind, I've, I've often said that there are people who know full well what they're doing. With the imagery and the symbolism, and even taking the imagery from scripture and using it almost as a dare against God. Um, then there are people that are oblivious to that, which is probably the majority, but it's becoming, the lines are becoming a little bit more blurry. I think more and more people, if I could be so bold, are, are, doing full, are knowing full well what's going on that there is a spiritual battle happening in political theater all over the world. Anybody recognize what's going on? So, here's the deal. Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, uh, verse 14 says. It speaks of the woman um, in this passage, but I'll just read this one verse. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected for, from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Now, we know the language in Daniel rolls out the time, times, and half a time, which is seven years, three years, three years, and seven years, three and a half years, and three and a half years. So anyway, here's the deal. Here's a picture of what the UN has on their wall right now as they're meeting. Uh, give the bigger picture, this is their general assembly where they're presenting this 2030 agenda. We've seen the picture, if you recall, it was in uh, South America and it was also in front of the UN headquarters, a picture of a beast that says peace and safety. And by the way, the leader of the Ukrainian uh, nation it gave a speech, I believe it was just this past week where he kept saying peace and security, peace and safety. Peace and security, peace and saving. That's a reference to us in Thessalonians that speaks of the end times, that they will say peace and security we have. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of, I don't talk about prophecy a lot in this study, but it's still out there. So I want you to be aware that things are still taking place towards Jesus' return, which is why we're talking about heaven and what it will be like For us because when jesus does come back amen we're going to be able to enjoy all the benefits of the reward of following him because we believe uh here at greater life we believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church that we will be gone in the twinkling of an eye and not have to live through the wrath that comes upon the world anyway that's a picture there um did you also know and and I just want to be a little bit more bold here. But I want to give you enough information that you can go and do some research on your own. But I want to give you a warning where a warning is needed. Listen, it is becoming available again, the vaccine, the new version. Can I just warn you? Enough said. All you have to do is do a little bit of research. To find out that heart problems something called turbo cancer many 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 things connected to the last round so i'm just telling you church family have discernment amen you with me on that have discernment i'm not saying don't but i'm saying don't (laughs) just have discernment at the end of the day just think through it now Here's the other thing that was kind of profound. I think I talked about it last week. Did you hear about all the medicines that are getting ready to be taken off of the shelves all over the country on the drugstores? If you heard about it, raise your hand. All right, so literally any medicine, the, 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 the list is extensive. It started with just a few. Now it's in the dozens. Medicines that treat flu and cold symptoms. And they say none of them work. And therefore, they're pulling them off the shelves. And and I go, wait a minute. I used to use that one, and it worked for me. So let me give you what discernment looks like. When you see that, you begin to say, okay, why? But also, what does this mean for me? If something sinister is going on, then basically anything and everything that you could go run to the store to get to treat those symptoms is no longer there, which means what do you have to do? You have to go where? What is the doctor going to tell you to take? He's going to say, well, you probably need to get this, right? Not all, not all, but that's why it's important to have discernment. Did you know that the Bible says that healing for us is in the herbs that God made, right? Have discernment about these things. I just wanted to bring those to your attention to help you understand which by the way when I say they work it's probably the only part of the medicine that works is probably the part that just puts me to sleep and I don't realize I still have a clogged nose <laughs> right <laughs> Benadryl anyhow am I telling you something you don't know or you already knew it and you are guys you are educated people so I don't need to tell you anything else and I won't just because you already know, I'll keep it to myself. I'm just kidding. Welcome to Wednesday night. This is the where the old fuddy-duddies just sit here and stare at me all night long. I'm going to another class before it's all over with. They have more fun in there. Y'all remember when we used to have class and they would go in there, I think it was Angel, and they would just be cackling in there. Remember that? Donna's class doesn't have as much fun as Angel's class in there. Ready? The nature of the curse, the nature of humanity, the nature of heaven is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Icebreaker. What is the curse? So when you think of the curse of sin, what are some things that come to mind? We're going to read about it in Genesis 3, but there is, it's a loaded question. There's a lot more When you start pulling the layers of stuff that is said in Genesis 3. But how about that? What are some things that you think about when I say the curse? Huh? Sweat of your brow. brow. How about work? Stinks. (laughs) That's the sweat, right? You can't make any money or food in that context until you sweat, you work. Right? What else? Pain and childbirth. I don't think it's that bad as it's made out to be, but <laughs> I could probably have three or four at one time and not feel anything. My wife isn't in here tonight. She's serving in kids' ministry, so y'all don't tell her. All right. Pain and childbirth. Absolutely. Work. What else? Sickness and death. Sick are kind of you know, one and the same because sick leads to death. But death is also the curse that follows sin. What else? There's layers, huh? Huh? Who said? Where were you at? What? Disease, yep. Disease, sickness, one and the same, but also, can I say, There's disease that's not necessarily sick, and there's sick that's not disease, right? You get a cold, it's not a disease, but there's a disease. You are sick, but you have a disease that's a little bit more deep, I guess is a good way to say it. What else? Oh, you know what? Disease is also humanity and nature. You ever think about that? Those plants that keep dying in your house? That because they're all turning brown and you don't know why, and you get the app and you take a picture and you still can't fix it. Maybe it's just me. Um, what was that? Somebody said something else. Hmm? Suffering. Suffering? Certainly. Okay, what else? Death? I got that one. Did you have another one? Dishonesty? Lies? hey let me ask you a question well, we might read it we might. We probably won't did the serpent lie he deceived and isn't it true that a lot of the problems of here again I'm going to go back not to beat a dead horse here but go back to the it wasn't really a bold-faced lie about some of the stuff we went through in 2020, but it certainly was a deception. You with me? Right? Because the father of all lies is also the author of deception. What else? Hmm? Starvation, famine? Yep. Absolutely. But hunger. We don't have to fill the whole board, but if you got any more good ones, or even bad ones for that matter, give me a bad one so I can make fun of you in front of the class. <laughs> Tim, you got one. I know you got one. You're sitting on it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Steve. Mmm. Absolutely. The Great chasm. Okay. Any others? Hmm? Thorns. Thorns and thistles. Okay. There's one that we missed, and I'll bring it out in just a second. Verse 16 of Genesis 3 is where I'm going to be back there, my wonderful verse put her upper Genesis 3, verse 16. Let me see. Let me write down one other thing. Drop marker. part of the curse <laughs> oh let's see put another one coffee without creamer all right. <laughs> 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 Huh? The, <laughs> the, can you imagine <laughs> i don't want to live in that world all right verse 16 chapter 3 here we go Then he said to the woman, first of all, this is after the sin, after the discovery of the sin, and the Lord God has gone to find them, and then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Verse 17, and to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the, tw- the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. Can you imagine hearing that? Whoa! The whole ground? Because of, it's just, I can't even put my head around the feeling of what was happening there. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. If you were made from dust, to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother mother of all who would live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. And I'm going to stop there and go back to verse 22 in just a second. What's the one thing we missed? Close. You know, not close. Clothes is part of the curse. <laughs> close. <laughs> that's good. It's in, it's in there. Normally it's preached that that's compassion, even after the curse. You know, God still cared enough to give them some fruit of the loom. And, uh, but, uh. What's, what's one we're missing? Enmity. 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 Yep, there it is. That's enmity. Marriage. Strife in marriage. So, here's the deal. God said it, and if you just take a step back and look at it, it makes a lot of sense. We understand it Completely. Men and women, no, we don't want to admit it. The desire of the woman is to control, to be in charge. Yet, the man is called to lead. It is the source of all tension, if you really bore down to it, within the marriage relationship. Now, people say that finances is the number one cause for divorce. But did you know that that's because I'm in control, but no, I'm the lead. And you have apathetic, apathy within the heart of men that say, I don't want to cause strife or struggle, so I'm just going to let it go. And then you have on the side of the woman who's like, I want you to be involved. And there is a deep desire for the partnership in marriage, the leading and following. We know that there can only be. Harmony within the marriage when the husband steps into the role that he's called to step into and the wife as well. God designed us that way. So at the end of the day, enmity is the only way we can describe, and it is that's why we all know marriage is work. Because it's not only sweat of your brow to eat your food, to what we talked about, it's the sweat of your spirit to make harmony within the home any married folk in here say amen Amen. okay but when you're following god's plan and it's not always easy it's not always fun but you find a harmony and a balance with god in control where you really can walk that out amen so there's another element we got separation from god that comes later I have a question, and I'd I'd be curious about your opinion. We put thorns and thistles up here, so does that mean that there were no thorns or thistles before the fall? What do you think? Right, roses were there without the thorns. They were just there. (laughs) Who says that thorns and thistles were there before the fall? raise your hand who says they just sprouted after the fall i feel like they were a result because not only was humanity under a curse but nature was also under a curse when we look at nature our world is falling apart and it was since this time in history our world went into this thing called entropy where okay things are going to die things are going to decay things are going to fall apart Now, God's design has still been beautiful and amazing because God knew ahead of time all of these things were going to happen. And so even in the decay, can I say even in the decay, life bursts forth. Isn't that amazing? Now, here's the deal. If thorns and thistles weren't there, or maybe they were, it's not going to change my theology or your place in heaven one way or the other. I just think it's important for us to say, what is a part of the curse Because if it wasn't a part of the curse, then it will be in heaven. That's why we're doing this. All this, not in heaven. It's part of the curse. It won't be in heaven. So will there be thorns and thistles in heaven? That's a better way to ask it. Why? Why would there be? I'm almost convinced that Jesus Christ himself said, listen, no more thorns. Because of what he suffered. Like, no more. Right? I don't, I'm not excited about running into thorns in heaven. I just don't think it's going to be reality. I think these are the kinds of things, of course, as you know, on Wednesday night that we like to just kind of, hmm, let's talk about it. Let's see where we think. Now, verse 22. Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings are idiots. No, it says, the... the <laughs> human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. He sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the garden eden and he placed the flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life now sometimes we put those two things together we picture an angel with a sword right not an angel with a sword it's an angel and a sword it's just even more cool when you think of how god did it it's like i can put an angel with a sword who just stands here and does this or i can put an angel nearby and the sword's just doing that all by itself I think that's pretty cool now my question is if the flaming sword is going back and forth is it like that video game scenario to where adam's waiting for the timing to be right what was the one we used to play growing up pitfall remember pitfall arcade uh atari you play pitfall kids these years Anyway, it was fun, and timing it to go in there. And it it feels like, it almost feels like an Indiana Jones type of thing. Can you picture that in your head? Hanging vines and growing gardens, and then this flaming sword. If we can just get through the flaming sword, we'll be in there. I don't know, I'm just giving you a picture of what's in my mind. You're like, please don't. Here's the deal. Was it a curse or an act of love to be banished? An act of love, why? Protecting them them so they don't live forever In in the curse. Interesting, right? We look at that and we say, wow, man, we could be in the garden meeting Day." Can you picture a scenario in which Our broken world and us broken as individuals and apart from God, separated from God. Now we have to live forever in this state. I don't want to sign up for that. You know, I'm not saying I'm looking forward to meeting Jesus prematurely either, but I'm also in a position that I know that God's mercy says that someday all of this will not be a part of my life because He has given me hope, a reward that comes on the other side. Now, all that being the curse, I'd like to ask the question before we get into the heaven stuff. I'd like to take a few minutes to ask this question and walk through it with you if we can. Why do people get sick? Why do people get sick? Now, we know, we've just established that it's because of the curse, but why? Can't they just live until the time appointed by god 120 years and then die can you picture a scenario a world where we knew we would live to be 120 would we live differently talk to me yeah all kinds of trouble because that's our nature because the sinful nature within us says i got 120 years to play And I'm going to do that with no consequence because I know I'm going to be able to slide under the radar at the very last minute. You know, and heaven lasts forever. Isn't that a terrible thing? (laughs) And and you answer the question, and I'm not even going to make you raise your hands. But the terrible thing, reality is, most if not all, think of yourself pre-Jesus, okay, pre-Jesus. Sanctified, salvation, baptized, and think of yourself back then, doing whatever you were doing, don't think too long. (laughs) Why would you change if there was no sense of urgency to make a change? We don't know if we'll live tomorrow, right? every evangelist knows that's all you got to say you never know what tomorrow holds but it's not a fear tactic it's a reality our our life is here today and gone tomorrow we are but a breath a mist right so why do people get sick before you think i'm up here bringing blasphemy in let me just go through a few things with you first of all sickness is real It's not some made-up thing, of course. We know that. Many of us have experienced it or even are experiencing it. Sickness is a consequence of original sin. I hate to say it. It is Adam and Eve's, more specifically, Eve's fault. What say you to that, Monica? Monica. But did God blame Eve? Blamed Adam. The curse starts with you're cursed. The ground is cursed because you did what your wife said, not what I said. Now, husbands, don't go home and say, listen, honey, I can't do anything you say. (laughs) You heard the pastor. (laughs) I don't want the ground to be accursed because of me. Anyway. Now, in all seriousness, sickness, of course, is a consequence of sin because the end result is death. And by and large, people die as a result of some type of a sickness or disease, but many do without sickness and old age and all that. There's an experience for humanity that walks this out since uh, the beginning, literally, of time. Now, sickness has changed over the years. It's become even more... uh, different or difficult to understand the process is in romans 5 12 says just as sin entered the world through one man death through sin this in this way death came to all people because all have sinned it's a consequence of sin our bodies we can say this for those of you that are certain ages higher than others you could probably say this with even more conviction our bodies are presently perishing (laughs) it's terrible to accept the fact that the clock started when we were born and well probably didn't turn the corner that's that over the hill idea i have a question what age is over the hill 60 60? bless you (laughs) i felt it like eight years ago so what age to you is over the hill 60 Ten years older than you—that's a good way to say it. <laughs> Wherever I'm at, move forward ten years. Anybody else have a twenty-eight? <laughs> got my young man up here. He's a mere twenty-one years of age. <laughs> Anybody else? What I'll tell you—that is over the hill higher today than it was 20, 30 years ago. Quote unquote—is it right? The the assessment today is 50 60 something like that right people could say and, and you know because i'm i meet people if i could be frank and they say yeah i'm, I'm this old one. oh my god you look great <laughs> you know sitting so there thinking man i want to look like that when i'm that age but at the end of the day over the hill is what what are the indicators that you're over the hill health right health in not just sickness but just I hate to use this word, decay. Things are popping that didn't pop before. You wake up and your back's hurt and you didn't do anything but sleep. I woke up this morning at 4.30. Why? Why? And then Kelly woke up right at 4.30 with me. She goes, we're doing old people hours, I guess, so we're sitting there drinking coffee at 4.30 in the morning. Why are we up? I don't know. We did go to bed at 9.30 to be fair, so... It's okay, my mother sometimes tells me, Yeah, I've been up since so and so. What? What have you been doing? I don't know. A puzzle. <laughs> Doesn't it drive you? C- Does anybody else wake up early? Come on, give me some. And you wake up and you're wide open. You're like, What is the matter with me? I'll tell you what's the matter with you sin. <laughs> it's the curse. It's the Lord you up well, if you say so, Louise, <laughs> I just sit there mad. I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> But that's true. I have heard that. Maybe they'll consider that next time. (laughs) Because, anyway, our bodies are presently perishing. It's a reality. 1 Corinthians 15 says the the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. We're going to go into our glorified body later as we talk about that. It's a harsh reality, but sickness and death is, is, is something that we all have to grapple with in this life. There are physical causes of sickness, but there's also spiritual causes of sickness. Did you know that? To be bitter is a killer. It literally will kill you to be bitter and to hang on to it. Physiologically speaking, it has been proven that if you're bitter and you're hanging on to unforgiveness and anger, it will riddle your body with sickness. Also, releasing those things has a dramatic effect on your physical nature. Sickness can come also as a result of violating God's laws. We see that God laid out lots of laws about how people should be living in uh, the Old Testament and even the Apostle Paul in the New about how we are to live our lives unto the Lord. Uh, in Leviticus, it lays out some things, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, as he's talking. And teaching the children of Israel something that is, people have been living at that point for a few thousand years, and now Israel is being taught how to stay healthy in the wilderness. Things like, you know what, sewage should be outside the camp, which makes me think, well, where was it before? <laughs> but God is saying these are some things that will keep you healthy. Here's how you're supposed to wash when you come in contact with unclean things. Leviticus 15 lays that out. Everything a man sits on when riding will be unclean as he's touched something that's unclean and whoever touches any things, any of these things that were under him will be unclean until evening. Whoever picks up those things must wash their clothes and bathe with water and they will be unclean until evening. I love this passage because it gives me a little bit of insight, it reminds me of the journey that we went through during COVID. There was a time where I could tell you verbatim how long germs lived on different types of surfaces. I had to do the research because we bought one of these stupid foam things or steam thing. You know, we were blowing this, I don't know what it was, some kind of smoke. I don't think any of it worked. But at the end of the day, we were doing it all, and I knew if it was on metal, it would last this long. If it was on fabric, it would last this long. We, I, why, do I, why did I know these things? Silly. But God said, if you touch something unclean, wait until evening, which shows that God knew that germs lived a certain amount of time. And even with fabrics and different types of sicknesses, God laid out the quarantine Of how it needed to happen, which by the way, God's way was quarantine the sick, not the other way around. I'm just amazed of that little little truth there. People were isolated when they contracted certain diseases. Sickness itself, friend, is not a sin. Say that again. To be sick is not a sin. John chapter 9 tells us, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened so the work of God might be displayed in his life. Jesus's disciples assumed, which meant that that was the conventional knowledge of the day, that if somebody was sick, they must have done something wrong. Can you imagine the judgment and the feeling that if you felt bad... That day when you were going to go work at the local fishing pier, you ain't going to tell nobody because they're probably thinking you got sin in your life. I hate to say it, but there was a time in my ministry life where uh, Kelly and I were a part of a ministry that approached it that way. You got a cold? Don't tell us because you got sin in your life. Your kid's sick? What'd y'all do? Whoa. (laughs) What do you mean what we do? It's, it's sickness itself is not a sin. And anyone that says that the other way is... Uh, my heart is broken when people do that. However, however, I will say, sickness can be a result of sin. Case in point, our body is a temple, and if we don't treat it as a temple, if we don't take care of ourselves... We overindulge or we do things that cause damage to our body, drugs, alcohol, addictions, different things like that, that we do to our bodies, overeating, indulging in things that we shouldn't be indulging, not exercising, these types of things that are common sense. If we don't do these things, that can cause sickness. Are you with me? Now, not taking care of the resource, your body, that God has given you is being a bad steward. So, it can be a result of sin. Sickness also can result from overwork in the ministry. Check this out. Scripture teaches us that sickness can result in the overwork of the ministry, and Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 2 when he brings up a man named Epaphroditus. We're going to call him Epap. He says in Philippians chapter 2 For he risked his life for the work of Christ. And he was at the point of death while trying to do for me the things you couldn't do because you were far away. A worker, a co-worker in the ministry of Paul worked himself out to the point of death almost. Sickness overwhelmed him. We also find it in Daniel chapter 8. As Daniel is in a spiritual warfare and deep prayer, and we find in Daniel chapter 8, the Bible says, verse 26, that Daniel was overcome and lay sick for days. He was in a spiritual battle, and it physically made him sick. Maybe some of you have experienced that, that you've been going through something so spiritually heavy that your body also feels sick. Let me talk to you about rest. It's the formula uh, to address being overwhelmed in life and in ministry. God didn't create the Sabbath on accident. (laughs) He didn't rest on the seventh day because he was tired. He was trying to set an example for you and I. Jesus himself would rest. Mark chapter 6, verse 31, come away, as he was telling the disciples, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. Paul wrote about being refreshed in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. In Exodus, we read about the Sabbath as a commandment of the Lord. Sickness can result as a lack of exercise as well as rest. Now, it's interesting enough, and I don't have time to get into the study of it, but when you add up the time, the festivals that it took for the men to walk to Jerusalem for the feasts, And back. When you add it up, it actually works out to they would work one, uh, they would rest one day out of seven, they would rest one week out of seven, they would rest one month out of seven, and they would rest one year out of seven. God created a festival calendar so meticulously accurate that if they were following the plan, which remember, In those days, it wasn't like that store's open and the other ones are closed. And even in Israel today, the Sabbath, you can't go out and get stuff. Everything's closed, except for the people that aren't following the Sabbath, which is few and far between. There are laws in Israel that you cannot do these things on the Sabbath. God created a calendar in such a way that the Sabbath worked one out of every seven days, weeks, months, and years, that if they would just follow that to a T. I believe... Our church is seven years old next year. I would like to bring to you for your consideration that I take the year off next year. (laughs) Many of you are rejoicing already within. Thought about leaving this church, but now I'll stay for one more year. (laughs) Sickness also can be judgment from God first corinthians eleven thirty, paul says this as he's talking about the lord's supper he says many of you are weak and sick but and some have died because when they took communion they took the lord's supper they took it with the wrong spirit and the wrong attitude and the wrong heart they took judgment upon themselves in deuteronomy 28 we see uh that uh, moses wrote in deuteronomy 28 warned the people that they would get sick if they would if they forsook the lord we see that there are times, of course, when the Israelite people were coming out of Egypt. He cursed them with boils and tumors. We see also that Miriam, Moses' sister, was cursed with leprosy. We see also that the servant of Elisha was struck with leprosy for disobeying, Herod disobeying uh, the Lord. Herod Agrippa was struck by the Lord because of his pride and his um, basically claiming that he was God. I want to end with this one and then we're going to get into heaven. Well, not literally. I mean, that would be awesome. (laughs) Ready, Lord? Take us. All right. Um, Sickness can have positive benefits. Ready for this one? At the end of the day, sometimes the only way to get you to stop Is for God to allow things to happen to make you stop, rest, sit, be still. I can tell you that there is more meditation in hospital beds than there is in anywhere else in the world, right? Now, I, for one, don't like hospital beds, don't ever want to go back into one, but there's not a whole lot you can do. Number one, they don't have a lot of choices on TV. Number two, can't hear it anyway because people are constantly in and out of your room. Number three, when you don't have a lot of people visiting, you got a lot of time to think. And if you're a believer, you're thinking about what is God trying to say. Also, um, Penny, kind of pick on you, not pick on you, but can I use you as an example? A lady in our church might be named Penny. Been struggling with things for a while, but out of this, a family relationship that wasn't there is being restored and she even said it's my own fault because i said lord whatever it takes now i'm not saying that this is what it was going to take but looking at it from now that's the only thing that has been able to bring this relationship at least coming back together now sickness sometimes has positive benefits case in point testimony Raise your hand if you've ever been sick and God healed you. (laughs) Look around. Put them up, put them up, put them up. If you've been sick and God healed your body. Wow. That is amazing. Testimony. We can testify to God's goodness. I'll, I'll ask it this way. If you could do it all over again, would you have changed it at all? Don't raise your hand, but consider that. God brought you through it. Don't you laugh at me. <laughs> God brought you through it, and now your faith has been strengthened. It is with the sufferings alongside of Christ that you got to know him more. Amen? It's pretty good, right? I think it's pretty good. All right, let's talk about heaven. Heaven. There's a song that was out in the 90s called How Far Is Heaven. Was it called How Far is Heaven? How far is heaven? No. Hey, look that one up for me, David. I need to hear that one in my ears. These people don't even know good music. I only listen to Christian music. It has heaven in it. (laughs) See? I knew it was a Christian song. It had heaven in it. That's awesome! I learned something. How far is heaven? All right. First Corinthians, where are we at? Fifteen. Is Corinthians old or New Testament? <laughs> be funny if I was in Chronicles where is it I can't find anyway by the way yeah that's it let's just listen for a minute commercial break wait I don't know if there's any cuss words in it I hope not It's a good song it said Lord too. Only you can save now, Let's make the classes mad. This Just for a little while. I've been lost in my own place. I'm waiting for the chorus. And I'm weary. How far is hell? There you go. Okay. Real wow, real wow. Need to change my ways of living. How far is heaven? Lord can you tell me? David, turn it down. We got classes going on. All right. (laughs) That's a good song. Anyway, look it up. It's great. Okay, here we go. I gotta get into this. 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 58. uh, glorified body. 35, someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies would they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And when you put it in the ground, it is not the plant that will grow, but only the bare seed of wheat and whatever you're planting. Then God gives it a new body. He wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, There are different kinds of flesh, one kind for humans, others for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are also bodies in heaven and bodies on earth. The glory of the heavenly body is different from the glory of the earthly body. The sun has one glory, the moon and the stars have another kind, and even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, which by the way is cremation okay. Yeah, relax. Can I just say that? Like, I've had people, is this okay? I don't know, is it cheaper? <laughs> Do that. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> I saw a video of a guy, I think it was America's Funniest Video. He's carrying it. My mother's, my grandmother's wishes or something is to be in the ocean, you know, whatever. And so he's carrying it, and I'm, the, the ocean's as far away to the front row. <laughs> It trips and it goes into the sand. <laughs> 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 Idiot. Okay. Um, natural body. Uh, verse 46. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like earthly man, and heavenly people are like heavenly man. Just as we are now the, like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. All right, this, this glorified body is both physical and spiritual, just like your earthly body is. I would, this is not a theological statement, this is more like, right now, your physical and your spirit is, unseen, right? We will be no less, I believe, physical and spiritual in heaven. If we were just spirits, then we wouldn't have a body, right? But I think now it's kind of shifted. Now we are more spiritual than physical. Case in point, physical can't float through a physical wall, but your glorified body can. Because that's the way Jesus did it. Also, physical has to physically travel from point A to point B. But a spiritual that has physical uh, capacity can just be there in the traveling of all those kinds of things. We talked about Jesus would disappear here and go over there. Uh, We don't have time to get into the text about that, but I believe it is both physical and spiritual. The idea that we are going to be just spirit in heaven is not a biblical idea. Jesus even, uh, not Jesus, uh, but Corinthians even talks about the physical body. Jesus in his glorified body ate fish. Does this mean that we only get to eat fish in heaven? Man, I hope not. hope not. But I think whatever I eat in heaven is going to be awesome. I'm just glad we get to eat in heaven. Anybody else? A little Mexican food? had Mexican food two days in a row this week I'm not ashamed I'm okay with it will we have scars in our glorified body who says yes yeah right Jesus did we've heard the song only scars in heaven or blah 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 that's stupid I think, can I just be so bold to say it this way, scars for me, and even for you, is an indicator in a lot of times we just raised our hands about God's healing, of God's healing, of God's goodness, of God bringing us through. So now that is a, let me call it a spiritual tattoo of sorts, (laughs) as it was for Jesus, look, this is the evidence that I died for you look at the marks upon my, my hands and my feet. Our abilities include in our glorified body uh, being able to eat, being able to move conventionally, being able to move supernaturally. Um, I'm going to hurry up with this last piece. Revelation uh, chapter 22 is where I'm going to go in just a minute, David. David. But first, let me talk about animals. Let me, let me pick a fight with y'all. Are there animals in heaven? Why? Huh? Jesus rode a horse. <laughs> There's at least one horse in heaven. <laughs> and it's white. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's not accurate. This is, now, you and I are going to fight now. Okay. <laughs> I, I went there. I actually Googled lion and lamb today for this teaching and found out that that is a misrepresentation of the Scripture because in Isaiah eleven six 6, and again in Isaiah 65, it talks about animals, but it talks about animals and death of humans, that they'll live and they won't have any problems, but then they'll die. So that's not heaven because you don't die in heaven. But also it talks about the wolf grazing with the lamb. And then it also talks about the lion uh, alongside of the gazelle, I think, is the terminology. Which, they take lion and lamb, it means the same thing. But for me, I prefer to interpret it this way. The wolf will graze with the lamb shows me that the diets of the carnivores has now reverted back to... Not vegetarian, that's not the word. What's the word? Herbivores, that's it. They, they're eating plants. But that makes me a little uncomfortable because that means I don't get to eat animals. But I feel like God loves me enough to let me do that. <laughs> come on, come on. I don't want to be a... Or unless they have a steak tree somewhere. And to say this, I like the interpretation of the wolf better because I'm more compelled to believe that there's dogs in heaven, but no cats. I'm, I'm, the lion is actually in the dog family, believe it or not. Did you know that? <laughs> so, you guys are like, it's off the rails tonight. <laughs> Whatever. Revelation 22, Uh, it's going to be up here. Revelation 22, verse 1, it might be up there. Here we go. Then the angel showed me a river with water of life, clear as crystal, and the skip down to tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. Now, it doesn't say what kind of crop. So there could be a Chick-fil-A sandwich crop, You know, I don't know. And then it says the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Which I want to bring to your attention. Trees, fruits, and seasons that we see in this passage of scripture. There are trees that we will be able to eat from in heaven. Why else would they bear crops? What is the purpose? The purpose is, think of before the fall, Adam was eating, right? From the trees. After the fall, things are restored back to God's original creation, but better, new heavens, new earth. The other thing I want you to see is there's this sense that there is no time in heaven, which is true in one respect, it's eternity. But time passes in heaven because how else would there be month to month to month to month? With the crops, you with me? So it's for me, it's hard to grasp eternity and to understand time. Another thing that gives us time as an indicator is that in Revelation 8, 1, it says there is 30 minutes of silence in heaven. So time is so, I guess, recognizable that even 30 minutes is recognizable. Revelation 6, 9 through 10 tells us that also there were souls that were told to wait a little longer for, um, for the judgment to come. Now, Revelation 21, 1 through 7. I'm going to end with this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Old heaven and old earth passed away. The sea was also gone. I saw a holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed. I heard a loud shout from the throne. Uh, skipping down to verse 4. Uh, actually, he will live Verse 3, he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are now gone forever. So, the curse has been uncursed. And God's original plan for creation, humanity, and all of that has been restored. Oh, that'll be the day. Amen? All right, pray with me. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity we've had to hang out and just talk through these things. I pray you would go with us in grace, and uh, Lord, just help us to lean into your truth every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you all.